after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about television commercials. We talk about good ones, and we talk about bad ones, and we talk about ones where people say weird shit like this. When it comes to the music of the 90s, anything goes. And when it comes to this podcast, anything goes. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hey, Andrew. Coming up today, hey, I know that song. Wait a second. No, I don't. We're going to be talking about what they call in the industry sound-alike. Sometimes you'll be watching a TV commercial, and you'll hear a song, and you're like, oh, that sounds exactly like that White Stripes song. I love the White Stripes. They're getting paid. Nope. And you listen a little bit more closely, you're like, that is so not the White Stripes. They just created a song that sounds like one of the popular songs we're hearing on the radio. That's- and it's basically legal as long as you don't go too far. Yeah, it's very hard to prove. Some, some. There, we'll talk about this a little bit. There are a few people who have um, successfully sued over soundalikes that were so blatant, but it really has to be blatant. And um, copyrighted music is just very tough. So, uh, so it happens. And then if you're also not an artist that say has a lot of money to hire a lot of expensive lawyers, you might just be up shit creek. Yeah. You know, if, if you just have that one hit song, you might not be wealthy enough to like go after you know, Audi or somebody. Yeah, I can't wait to get into this. Apparently there are actually people whose job it is to break down what percentage of the song sounds like the original and just to figure out whether or not you would have a case in court if you did want to take it to court. Uh, Also, commercials, commercials in the news. Uh, You saw a a headline today. I have not read the article. I barely (laughs) know the people involved. In show prep, I don't know who either of these people are, so you're really going to have to carry this one. (laughs) Uh, And by these people, he means... Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum. Okay, I, now I Amanda Bynes, know. I will. I think you can be forgiven because she's kind of been out of the spotlight for a while. We can talk about why that is, but her her big comeback uh, was today, um, and she had an interesting um, tidbit about how Channing Tatum got his start. They didn't just drag him out of a Florida strip club like you thought. Okay, so she has insights on Channing Channing Tatum's career. Yes. Okay. And Channing Tatum was not the person who was in Six Degrees of Separation. That would be Stockard Channing. Right. Super different. Okay. Gotcha. But similar names. You'll, you you got to give me there that. Is, yes. you, you got to yeah, give me that. They're, they're different. Though. Also, we'll check in with you guys. The Ad Council. Um, v, is when you were preparing the Ad Council today, I heard you say, yes, I wanted to talk about this anyway. Yeah. The, uh, thank you to uh, one of the listeners who emailed in because uh, he had the same reaction that I did to uh, a Macy's commercial. Okay, cool. I haven't seen that one yet, but looking forward to it. Let's get into these copycats. They had an ugly duck, but they never looked that way. A lack of originality could have focused on the day. So much for the radio, everybody sounds the same. Everybody wears the same clothes now, and everybody plays the game. So this first commercial, this is what kind of got you thinking about this, right? This is the New Zealand. I remember talking about this, I believe, on TBTL. This is the the um, the stealing of an Eminem song by a political. Yeah, group? it's called the New Zealand National Party, and that sounds like some sort of like code for Nazis. But I don't, I don't want to say I know. I don't know anything about the New Zealand National Party. If they're um, not some hardcore right wing lunatics, I my apologies. That's actually not how I learned about this uh, or why I got this idea um, about a year ago Pitchfork uh, you know the the publication Pitchfork wrote this article uh, how advertisers get away with using fake versions of your favorite songs mm-hmm. and then AV Club which uh, I read more regularly than Pitchfork I don't know if they just like misread the date on it but they somebody at, at AV Club wrote an article like this week saying like Pitchfork recently wrote an article this week about this topic and like, no, they wrote it a year ago this week. So I don't know what happened. But anyway, you don't think there's any chance that it was actually an old article in the feed that you didn't notice the bio. Did you double check? I, I went back and forth. And even line, the even say. the commenters on the AV Club article oh. were like, nice job, guys. This came out a year ago. Oh, really? OK. So I think there was just a little bit of um, laziness over there. Um, it's just known to happen. Uh, that that whole set of publications, although I love them, are not the best edited. Yeah, right. And also, I mean, you just have a lot of people who are, 
young hungry writers who need to fill space yeah it's, it's we've it's, kind of created this problem true i mean we, I, you know when i refresh jezebel or the root or whatever 18 times a day like i want there to be new content if yeah. you don't have time to copy edit it you know that's not my problem <laughs> right and i just want to say i did a really quick google because i know i talked about this before on some other show and i just did a very quick google and it looks like new zealand national party is a center-right party and one of the two main political parties okay. in new zealand based on Wikipedia. So they're not they're not terrible. They're not it doesn't sound like they're as far right as you were thinking. Okay. I mean we hear, I hear like the national, word national party yes. and I get nervous. I understand. Um and I don't know anything about New Zealand and it seems like a place where there could be a lot of crazies. Sure. I mean I Why base not? it I base it mostly on the podcast The Worst Idea of All Time and Flight of the Concords. No, the, the, the worst idea of all time. Let's just explain what it is really quickly. What is it you have to watch? There are these two New Zealanders who, uh, Kiwis, I suppose, who for a every year, every week for a year, uh, watched for the first season. Uh, oh gosh, what was it? It was grown. Uh, no, it was it was Grown Ups Two. Okay, the most terrible, like a terrible sequel to a terrible Adam Sandler movie. And then they did a podcast about it. They'd watch it once a week. Talk about it, and by the end, so it's a weekly podcast where they just the kept watching movie. the same terrible, and they rewatched it every time. Yeah, right? and they had to rewatch it every time, and it was like watching two people just unravel in slow motion. <laughs> then the second season, they did um, uh, Sex in the City too, which is supposed to be oh, even they worse. go to Bahrain or something, or where do I they think go? Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi, yeah. They also do those two brothers, they're not brothers, those two friends um, do a yearly podcast called Till Death Do Us Blart with the McElroy <laughs> brothers. Where Paul every, Blart Mall Cop. Two. Two. Um, where every year on Thanksgiving, they drop another episode where they do an annual watch of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and then they, you know, they try to see what they have to say about it. So it's actually very funny. That one is highly worth listening to. I'm actually in the middle of this year's episode right I've now. I've actually forgotten how we started talking about these podcasts. Oh, New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand, right. So anyway, okay. a long digression. <laughs> I wasn't trying to throw but I, did I wanna, really couldn't remember. I do want to plug Till Death Do Us Blart. Um, uh, for anyone okay. who has not listened So this to was it. an ad for the national, uh, whatever, the New Zealand National Party. Right. Okay. And what you're going to see, and I think there may be some voice over here, but it's like a lot of, you know, sort of beauty shots of New Zealand, like people in crew boats and beautiful scenery and stuff. Uh, and I think it's just like about, you know, let's keep New Zealand great or whatever make, make new zealand new- <laughs> great again yes, exactly. um so you just want me to take a take a listen to this yeah and, and see this, if this no, sounds familiar to see, anybody see if it sounds familiar nobody said it would be easy but through your hard work and the national party's economic management new zealand is heading in the right direction right now our economy is growing faster than australia and 28 other oecd countries the selection, the choice is simple. It's like I want to lose Stay myself in the wonder, the under, the down. <laughs> That's terrible. It's Keep the so... I can't believe I just said that. It's really terrible, but it does make you immediately want to start rapping along to lose yourself, which we all unfortunately know. Yeah, let's take uh, a quick listen. Which is the listen. Eminem song from 8 Mile. Look. If you had one shot... One opportunity to leave Australia. Yeah, I mean, that is just so blatant. Yes. Tell me the backstory in this because didn't Eminem actually approach them about this? Did this lead to a lawsuit or anything? This one actually did. And, and as you can hear, it was so blatant. That he was actually awarded. It, he uh, it was for the, that was for a 2014 campaign video. It took until last year, um, till 2017, for him to be awarded damages. And I mean, this is Eminem. Like, right. he has all the resources, right? right? Like, if he he wanted to go to bat for himself and his his rights here. And I don't know. It's probably complicated when it's an, an outside this United States. Who knows? But yeah, and like, also the the role of labels is interesting. I have a great story for you later about that. But sometimes the label can go to bat for you. Other times the label will very very much not go to bat. They'll decide for you. it's not worth the effort, or for they reason. will they'll own the rights to the song. Sometimes the artists don't own the rights yeah. to the song, and the label's getting paid, and the artist will be like. But they're doing an imitation of me. I have a great example of that later okay. on. Well, anyway, uh, he was awarded um, 600000 New Zealand dollars. Okay. I don't know. What well, is that like? 
50 grand? I th- yeah, I mean, I think it's <laughs> Probably six, more than you know, that. That was, no that was just a mean thing to say about New Zealand's currency. Wow. Um, now, I did not know about I remembered that story from somewhere, probably back in I'm 2014. I'm sure it made the news yeah. a year ago, yeah. Um, now, I actually think we were in L.A. at the time. Well, it should have been a commercials in the news. Now it it's a commercials been. in history. Yeah, we need we, a new sounder. <laughs> Mason, we need a new sounder. Now, I did not know about this one, though. You also threw this Audi commercial yes, in here. Yes, this was in the same pitchfork <laughs> that I am ripping off the rippers off of. This This show is all about stealing. Well, at least we're crediting. People's intellectual property. Um, <laughs> this is an Audi ad that equally, that I think is arguably uh, almost as bad. And this one starts slow, but actually if you listen to the full track of Lose Yourself, mm-hmm. Lose Yourself also, like I don't know if it's like the soundtrack version is different from the radio version, mm-hmm. but the soundtrack version starts off like, if you want to just give it a yeah. play, you can kind of hear how so it sounds. So this is the original Lose Yourself. This is the intro to Oh, yeah. It. There's like a sad piano at the beginning because he's poor. I'm poor. <laughs> Help me. I'm poor. What is that from? <laughs> Pride Saints. Oh, yeah. Now, is this reminiscent of what we're going to hear in the Audi commercial yes. here? Okay, so we got a taste of well, that. You got to oh, just going give it another okay. couple seconds because it's about to hit, your, hit the drop. Get your glow sticks. No. Okay. You know the rest. Okay, cool. All right, so now that primes the pump for this, which is a 2012 Audi commercial. So this is two years before that New Zealand thing went down. Right. And how old is 8 Mile? I mean, that's probably now. Uh, I think I saw something. 20 years here. old. Um, wow. Wow. 20 years old. Could it be? Could be. God, how old am I? Yeah, right. All right, here, let's take a listen to this Audi commercial. It's a guy sitting in his fancy Audi, puts it puts it in gear, drives very, away. Very quiet car. He turns on the radio. Oh, there it is. Piano. The piano of the streets of Detroit. He's just watching. It's not even, that's right. It's not even a Motor City car. It's an Audi. Yeah. Or as somebody said today in the comments, I was reading a rebadged Volkswagen. <laughs> wow. This one's a little less obvious with the like, with the guitar sounds. But with the piano but leading the, up yeah, into it. And it's pretty distinctively related to. Now, are they going to get yourself. even to a little bit of a hip hop beat here? I think it does kick in a little bit. So it's not Just quite as much of a driving yeah. beat, but you hear it. I mean, it's all related. It's all... It, yeah. There's no person on earth. I mean, the thing about a song like Lose Yourself, like copying it is like, obviously everyone knows this song. Right. Um, I think this may not have been an American released commercial, which maybe is why they thought they could get away with it. All the writing is in German. Um but, I didn't notice that. You're right. Okay, interesting. But, uh, yeah. So, I think maybe they thought they could squeak squeak by. I, I don't think that they got sued, actually. That's interesting. But, clearly, it's a sound alike. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we had talked about it a little bit when we were teasing the story. But, I mean, there are... Um, I was reading a bunch of articles about this today. Apparently, you and I probably also read uh, the same Pitchfork article. But, you know, they talked to producers who were like, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of these musicians we're going to talk about, Eminem not being the case in point but some of them are um young musicians indie bands and the you know the the music industry has changed so much in the past 20 years that we all know the story bands have really started relying on getting their commercials sold to i'm sorry getting their songs sold to ad agencies yeah and it's It's not even seen as selling out anymore it's It's just how you make money yeah like we talked about how like the doors back in the 60s would sell their music to tide or whatever the shit uh and now it's kind of like it's i don't know if it's a point of pride but it's an accepted thing like we're not, we, we're not selling records the way they did in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. We got to find revenue source. And if you can get, if you're a young band and you get your music played in some prominent commercial, that's your payday, which then allows you to create more music. I read a quote or a sort of an anecdote about uh, Eddie Van Halen. Do you remember when Right Now was a massive hit and then Pepsi used it? Crystal Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi, yeah. right. And that commercial was, you know, sort of seminal. Um, 
and I, I read in some something I was reading today that he basically said, yeah, they approached us about it. If we had said no, they would have gone out and found a sound alike. We thought, yeah. might as well, why don't we just get paid for it? Yeah. And that, that I think that was Eddie Van Halen. It might have been the Red Rocker. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day when these things were um, a little bit more, they were looked at more as selling out. As a matter of fact, one thing I stumbled on today was even Trent Reznor last year making fun of some band for selling some indie band for selling their um, song to some huge conglomerate for right. a commercial. And he just took shits on them in an interview. And then never some, changed. Trent. Somebody got a, a response from the band and the lead singer. This is somebody we've all heard of, but like an indie musician band of horses. No, something like that. Yeah. The lead singer said, said to the reporter, Oh no, no, Trent wouldn't say that. That that's probably an old quote from a long time ago. And then somebody else was like, No, 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 that was in an article that was posted today and he's like, Oh, that bums me out. I'm a big fan of Trent's. Oh well, I wish him well. And I was just like, That's how you do it, yes, man. Yes, that is how that you do is it. That is how you do it. You kill him with kindness and probably honesty. Yeah. And just be like what they he could have said is like, Trent Reznor comes from a different age where you know, yeah, like, Trent Reznor's a fucking dinosaur, and Trent Reznor's yeah. got his PS. Right. Well, uh, you get he's his, doing fine. He's doing fine, but Trent Reznor also released albums. Uh, he was kind of on the forefront of releasing albums that people could pay for or take for free. If I'm not saying to. he doesn't have integrity. I'm saying he can afford to do that. Yeah, sure. No, that that's definitely true. Um, okay, so that was interesting, especially the Audi one. I didn't know about that. Um, you had another one in here for um, this is. I'm trying to think what's the most effective way to start because I some <laughs> of my examples go back and forth. Uh, what do you want to do on this one? This one's yours. Well, this is a Hugo Boss commercial. Okay. Um, and I didn't know this band, uh, but I did recognize this song. Uh, the band is called the XX, and I guess they're like they're the kind of band that's had like a, a like a they've been featured on KEXP and like a live show at KEXP. Yeah, they're pretty well known. Yeah, in the world. but yeah. but like for me, I'm you know I'm old. Um, I'm an old to the point where this is a true story. (laughs) There's their name is the letter X letter X. Uh And I went through several uh, interviews and trying to find interviews with them where they were introduced because I wasn't sure if it was the double X or the X. It's the XX. Also, there's it's confusing. Not to brag, but I did. find (laughs) There's also a band called X, which is a punk band. Right. You know, like thinking the eight L.A. punk band 80s. I think there's like three bands that like I know of but don't know anything by. And one is the XX. One is X. And the other one is probably like the ex-wives or something um (laughs) anyway so start with the hugo boss commercial yeah so this is a hugo boss commercial why don't you give it a play okay and Uh, i I think think it's just a i think it's just a handsome dude being handsome being handsome and looking off in the middle distance i like it they didn't cast me for this one so yeah you can just mostly hear the music it's Mm -hmm. like oh look how handsome he is he is handsome he's He's standing on a roof in la yeah there's a pretty lady Oh, he's looking pensive. Ooh, he almost on? looks like he smells a fart. Just for a second there. <laughs> he's all right. He now he's trying on the sunglasses. Now he's lo- looking at his tablet. Ooh, might even be a phablet. Yep. Anyway, we're just I hate a- the word phablet so much. We're just seeing a lot of like him dressing and walking around LA. I it's very like washed out palette. Kind of a long one. Yeah. I don't know if you want to see okay, but I just thing. wanted to hear a kick in there. So, okay, so that is the song that is used in this Hugo Boss commercial. And as you said, this is a direct ripoff of this song by the XX, which is called Intro. Do you mind if I just play it, or did you have anything that you want to say about it? No, obviously, I know very little about this. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen. My God. I mean, to the point where I couldn't believe it wasn't their song. I can't believe that it, that they, if you had the money to get the lawyers to do it, I feel like this one, they could have reached a settlement sure. in court. And I do recognize this song. This song has shown yeah. up in my, you know, world somewhere. Yeah. Let's just listen for a little bit, get to the part where it kicks in, maybe. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that we're doing a show all about stealing music and 
people's intellectual property. And every example, fair use, fair use. Every example we use is coming from. I I've, I tried to list all of the articles that I got my information from, and you are mentioning it too. And yeah. we're just like playing this music on our podcast. Watch this will be the one that SoundCloud takes down. Don't even tempt fate but anyway that is blatant it's so blatant and hugo boss come on did you like, see this i put the, the you X, have the money <laughs> the xx tweeted uh after they heard this in the commercial they said as a firm built around original design isn't it odd that you'd pay for such a poorly disguised fake yes and that's the thing like everyone's so defensive of their you know intellectual property um until it's time to save a little money. And, and you know, the way you save money, of course, is that you don't license these songs. And there are whole industries. There are, there are people whose job it is to say, I want a song that sounds like Modest Mouse. And then yep. they give you a song that sounds kind of like Modest Mouse. Yep. Um, speaking of um, the bands themselves kind of clapping back a little bit. Yeah. This is a song um, from Tame Impala I'm going to play for you right now. Uh, let's take a listen to it. The song is called The Less I Know, The Better. This video, by the way, starts off, I cut into it, it starts off very uh, dirty. Really? Very dirty. I am an old man and I'm clutching <laughs> my pearls. All I'm seeing are some like sort of cheerleader types doing ribbon dancing. There is, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not implied, but... Simulated? Simulated cunnilingus. Ooh, dirty. Yes. I'm also going to start a band called Simulated Columbus. <laughs> okay, so again, this song is called The Less I Know, The Better, and that is by uh, Tame Impala. Oh! And after uh, the lead singer, or maybe not the lead singer, but one of the members of Tame Impala heard this being used in a commercial for a Chinese milk brand. Oh, they, China don't give up. Uh. They tweeted out, I mean, come on, guys. At least put some effort into it. Hashtag lawsuit. Tame Impala did not actually end. If this ever went to court, nobody ever was able to verify it. But here, they posted the uh, video, actually, of the commercial on Instagram. So this is actually off of Tame Impala's Instagram. Do you think this is a sound-alike or a straight-up theft? I think it's a sound-alike. Yeah. It's definitely not the same recording. But the music's exactly the same. Yeah, it almost sounds like a karaoke version yeah. or something. But you're right. Musically, it might even be the same song. That's an interesting difference, right? All mm -hmm. these other ones are actually... Very, very close. They're trying to skirt the They're line. They're not covers. That yeah. one could be a cover. Who knows? Right. All right. Can I tell you my favorite one? Can you give me? Can you give me some time on this one? Because yeah. I am psyched. I'm going to read directly. Did you actually. not hear my fascinating story about the New Zealand podcasters? <laughs> So I'm going to read um, pretty liberally here. Everything I do is very liberally. <laughs> um, from a Mental Floss article. But before I do it, here, I'm trying to think. I want to play for you the actual This was a radio commercial um, for a, a kind of Doritos called Salsa Rio Doritos. Okay. You haven't heard this yet, right? No. Okay. I'm dying for you to hear this. And this came out in the mid 80s. And somebody actually found the radio commercial and posted it to their uh, uh, SoundCloud page. So take a listen. There's a new tortilla chip called Salsa Rio now you're not a huge Tom Waits person, but even but I, you obviously, obviously I can recognize a a Tom Waits voice. But it's also very it's about a, it's based on a very specific song. I'll tell you about. Everybody go up and go to Rio. Salsa Rio, everybody. Taste on the tang of tomatoes, flavor feathers, foods of onions, and sassy spices. A new Salsa Rio Doritos. Yeah, try them, buy them, get them, got them. Everybody go. You don't 
people say so and so and so and so it goes. Salsarillo play the Doritos plan tortilla chips. Okay, this is a fascinating story, and I will tell you uh, a little bit of background on it. Uh, Tom Waits actually did do a commercial at one point. I can't remember what the product was, and I think it was in the early 80s. It was 1981, and he hated it. So he made a point of saying, I'm never doing commercials again. Uh That was it, and he made a stance on it. Um, And then, apparently, he was in a radio station doing an interview and during the commercial break, this thing came on the air. <gasps> That's how he heard it? And he was just floored. So here, let me read to you the story. Uh, That's again, unreal. Heavily picked up from uh, writer Nick Kepler, who wrote this up in a Mental Floss article. I recommend it. Yeah, this episode should be called Crediting Our Sources. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, in the mid-80s, Frito-Lay hired an advertising agency, Tracy Locke to uh, develop a radio spot for its new Doritos. The agency came up with an ad inspired by Step Right Up, a song parodying pitchmen and carnival barkers on uh, Tom Waits' 1976 album, Small Change. Now, this is like my favorite Tom Waits album. Mm-hmm. It's You know, you can hear it's that weird kind of jazzy thing he was doing when he was very new at the time. Yes, yeah, sometimes you just bust out with Small Change Got, got Rained On. on. With his own 38, <laughs> which is a song I famously in my world put on in a dive bar one time oh, thinking yeah. it would be the perfect fit. And it's like a seven minute spoken word thing. And I was I was publicly shamed for it, although I never owned up to being the person who put it on. But um, this particular song is uh, called Step Right Up, which I mean, the fact that it's parodying pitchmen and carnival barkers is a pretty significant like irony don't you think so here I'm going to play a little bit before I get more into the story to the song that we just heard this is the original a little bit of scatting I mean you got to scat to warm up everyone's a winner bargains galore that's right, you two can be the proud owner of the quality goes in before that name goes on. One tenth of a dollar, one tenth of a dollar. It goes on. If I played more of it, um, you would hear, I think, even maybe some actual product name dropping. But I also think if I play more of it, you'll break up with me. But yeah. I, I love that shit. So anyway. So that's the song that they decide that they they want to tap the vibe of that. The the agency actually specifically says that. Uh, according to subsequent court documents, a copywriter played the song to Frito-Lay execs to, quote, demonstrate the feeling the commercial would capture. Frito-Lay said, yep, let's go for it. Tracy Locke, the agency, auditioned a number, a number of people, like these haggard-voiced, bluesy singers, And a recording engineer working on the project recommended a guy named Stephen Carter, who's a Dallas musician who had performed Waits songs for years and even did an impersonation. of. So they actually hired an impersonator, essentially, to do this. This raises an interesting question. I don't want to interrupt your flow, but Uh I have to say this. Stephen, we've all we've all been to shows where there's like a cover, like an like impersonators, Mm -hmm. cover bands. I don't understand all the law that like mm-hmm. you're allowed to do that, but you can't do it for a product or can you not record it? Like, why can Stephen Locke or not Stephen Locke? That's uh, the ad agency. Why is the why the, the Dallas Carter. musician? Why can Stephen Carter be a Tom Waits impersonator on stage and make money doing that? But he can't do it for Frito-Lay. I think there are a lot of different rules involved there. But I mean, I think. If you're doing any kind of live performance, it's actually, I believe, up to the establishment to make sure that they have their ASCAP and BMI things. And then you can play a jukebox. You right. can play, you can have people perform on stage. And I'm pretty sure that cover songs are covered by that. If the musician went to record an album, like like if, if a Weird Al Yankovic did a song. Right. And he was imitating Tom Waits like this, he'd probably be covered by um, a parody law. Right. Which is okay. But... Quick side note to that. I'm pretty sure that 
I'm pretty sure that Weird Al gets permission from everybody. I, I'm pretty sure that he makes it a point of never. Uh, I, am I right about that? You're looking that, at me skeptically. No, I think that's correct, but I don't think it's legally required. I don't think so either. I think you. So I think you're dealing with a bunch of different laws there that would cover it. But as far as a live band doing cover music in a bar, you're mostly covered by ASCAP and BMI, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to record it and make money off it, you would be in trouble. Okay. That is my belief. We probably have people who know more about that. You could write it. Yeah, seriously. I. There, I understand that what Andrew is saying is correct. Like, there's all these different um, situations in which you're performing, and the difference between recording music and how it's distributed, it all makes a difference. But if anyone knows anything about this and, and wants to give a quick explainer, I would welcome it. So anyway, um, so they want they, they 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 want a song that sounds like this this uh, Tom Waits song. Uh, they bring in this guy and they <laughs> they play it for the execs. And apparently the executive producer of the ad agency told the musician to hold back, back off that imitation a little bit because they were scared of legal challenges. But then Frito-Lay and the ad agency found the less weights-ish recording ineffective. So they just basically decided to keep the original concept where this guy comes in and does the song that we heard. As I mentioned to you, Waits is doing an interview on a radio station in L.A. It's played during a commercial block. He says he even he was jolted by Carter's spot-on impersonation. He he joked in a later interview that he thought maybe he'd recorded the ad while in a drunken blackout. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is so he decides to sue, right? And this is where I think it gets interesting. Reading directly again from Mental Floss, Waits attorneys didn't argue copyright infringement partially because he didn't own the rights to step right up. His former label did. Instead, they evoked a very recent case law, Midler, comma, bet, versus Ford Motor Company. In the 1980s, Ford ran a series of TV ads featuring singers performing past hits to evoke nostalgia. When Bette Midler declined to appear in one, Ford's ad agency just licensed her 1972 hit, Do You Want to Dance, from its copyright holder, meaning the label, Mm -hmm. and hired a Midler sound-alike and look-alike. So... Midler didn't own the rights to this song. The yeah. label did. So, so they then just, they just used her image. Yes. And then they got a sound alike slash look alike to perform it. And then Midler sued. And the court declared that a singer with a, quote, distinct and well-known voice owned the likeness. Mm-hmm. So Waits's lawyers make that argument. The uh, Frito-Lay lawyers say eh, Tom Waits isn't well-known enough. To have that. This is the first time that uh, this uh, Midler versus Ford is being used as precedent. And this is the first kind of case. Um, and the the judge, I believe it was a judge, did the, the court disagreed saying that um, he was well-known enough, well-known as a relative term, and that a great weight of evidence produced at trial indicates that Tom Waits is very widely known. So Tom Waits has had it declared in a court of law that he is, in fact, famous. <laughs> exactly. He was a awarded 2.6 million in damages that surprises me because almost these things almost always go to settlement and we never know exactly what it is but it sounds like he straight up won this one yeah. under the precedent of midler versus ford motor company that's interesting thank you for looking that up are you at all curious to hear the ford motor company car yes. <laughs> commercial where they were um selling a um, mercury sable which is like the most unsexy of cars right and so here's their commercial this is from 1986 this is a Bette Midler sound alike and the song is Do You Want to Dance dance now there's a car that just asks to be driven Mercury is bringing a sophisticated new shape to the American road By virtue of the fact that they hired someone who was a lookalike, that she was in it, but no, no. she just happened to be kind of like Stephen Carter, or she's just she's just an yeah. impersonator. I was just emphasizing that, so it's not like yeah. a coincidence that they got somebody who kind of sounds like right. if you squint. That's your ears. her job, <laughs> right? Um, uh, now, here's the thing: if I heard that commercial, and I'm not a big Bette Midler head, 
I wouldn't have necessarily recognized as Bette Midler-esque. Maybe you would. Yeah, I, I would have guessed so? that's Bette Midler, yeah. Um, let's take- I don't know that song particularly. I mean, I probably heard it, but it's not like what I associate with her as her biggest hits. Obviously, you know, there's other ones like that are much, much more well-known now, but I recognize that voice. And the key here is, though, they approached her. Yeah. And she declined. Yeah, that's the dead giveaway. And a lot of these bands that I was reading about uh, in preparation for the show were like, yeah, they came to us and then like, what do you know? You know, we said no, or we said yeah. we want this much and they wouldn't do it. And then what do you know, six months later? This is the original, Bette Midler. I wonder if that's why sometimes when we hear songs that have been covered for a commercial that are truly just covers, uh-huh. they sound so unlike the person who sings them, who's known for singing them, you know? I'll bet you a cover they're paying for the rights. I no, that's think. what I'm saying. Oh, they okay, paid for yeah. the rights to yeah, the song okay, yeah. because the song is owned by the label, but they they need someone. Um, well, well, I don't understand. Wait, what, if they couldn't get her, if they, if they could get the song from... Um, from the label, why don't mm-hmm. they just play the version of the song that has her on it? Why do they need to have it covered? I may have misstated. In this case, somebody owns the copyright to the song and the lyrics, but it was a classic song, so it might not have been a label. It might have been somebody else's estate. Oh, someone like literally. Owns I don't think the, that, like yeah. I don't think it maybe notes. I don't think she wrote this song. Uh-huh. I don't think it's a Bette Midler original song. So sorry if I misled that. It, I think I did say that the label owned it, but it might have been a different rights holder. Just some somebody owned the, yeah, just the, a copyright the rights holder. to the song. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there are songs like that because occasionally you'll hear a song that's just like, why would why would they choose the, to play this terrible? I, there was a one recently where I, where I was like, yeah, the, why would they think they could improve? I think it was like a Rolling Stone song, maybe, um, where I was like, this is terrible. Um, and I wonder if maybe it's because well. Now, surely the Stones own all their stuff now. I don't know. It gets really complicated. Yeah. Maybe they don't own their earlier stuff. Who knows? Um, of course, all of this talk, I can't. This is not a ripoff. This was actually the the band of Montreal. Again, a very prolific but very indie band. Um, you probably we've you, talked about this on the show before. You really? Yeah. If you only know them from one song, you probably know this cover of their song um, for the Outback Steakhouse, where the lyrics are changed in this. Toss all your worries in the air, cause you forget them when you're there. Let's go out back tonight. Let go of the day. Go out back tonight. The steak is thick and juicy. Such a weird It really is. Because they are such a weird band. The name of that, I can't even remember the name of that song off the top of my head, because it is just it's got like 14 words in it and it's like they they, they oh it's called wraith pinned to the mist and other games yeah. like they are known for being inscrutable yeah yet they just like you want to buy our song change the lyrics you sell, sell some, some hamburgers ribs? sure amen uh anyway um okay i have some more stories for you i'm re- can you tell i'm really into this yeah um well, I got a whole bunch here, but let's go to, well, I'm going to save the best for last. So let's just zip through a couple of these quickly. Do you remember the the Sprint uh, cut your bill in half commercials? Sure. I hated those commercials. Yeah, that commercials. people would like go after their, they would physically cut their bill with like a knife or a chainsaw or something. Yes, which just always, I just always hated it because it seemed like they were using these big tools to cut little pieces of paper and it seemed, they were trying to seem kind of, I don't know, macho or something, but it seemed almost ineffective to me because it's like this tiny little piece of paper. But right. anyway, here's uh, one of the songs you Like when Job those... tries to throw that envelope in the sea. Yes, thank you. That's exactly the vibe I'm trying to talk about. Hey, Rich, what's that in your hand? My AT&T cell phone bill. Verizon bill? Yeah. That's cool. No. How much do you is spend that, per month? 110 bucks. Just me, 120 bucks. 260. What if Sprint could cut your rate plan in half and give you unlimited talk and text in the U.S. and match that your data? Is that baseline doing anything to you? I am done with AT&T. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do I know it from? It's changed a little bit. Take a listen to this. Oh, yeah. This takes a while to build up. Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, this is the White Stripes. They've changed the, they changed the key audibly. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, clearly inspired by. And clearly should, a ripoff of. Definitely. Or sound alike. We should listen to the uh, when the guitar kicks in, too. 
I don't know if you mentioned that the song is Seven Nation Army. I'm sure both bands hate hearing this, but of course I always group the White Stripes and the Black Keys kind of <laughs> together a little bit in the Black Keys. Yeah, very much that yeah. Sprint commercial. Yeah. So um, I, I mentioned the uh, the Black Keys. They actually sued two companies and ended up um, settling with both of them. And I don't know for how much. One of them was for this this uh, Pizza Hut Pizza Bites commercial. This is one of those products that I see it advertised and it makes me weep for my culture mm-hmm. and I want it. Right. It's just like there aren't tons of things that both make me sad and envious that I don't have it at the same time. This right. Is we have a word for ha- hungry and angry, but what's like... Hungry and shameful. Hungry and shameful. Yeah. This is that bullshit um, pizza that they came up with where the crust is made out of tiny little mozzarella sticks, yep. basically. It's like a stuffed crust pizza, only you can tear off the little nubs of Sure. It's like if you combine pizza with those things that you use to uh, hire yourself out as a babysitter with the tabs on the bottom. Right. Exactly. Like a staple to a telephone pole in the right. city. Uh, unfortunately, and I looked everywhere. Um, because this was the subject of a lawsuit, I could not find the original where this is. Somebody- yeah, that was actually something I was stumbled into today was like they've taken down a lot of the yeah. ones that are uh, that were found to be in violation. Right. So here is one that somebody taped off of their TV. When it comes to delicious pizza creations, Pizza Hut never stops striving to bring you greatness. That's why we created the Cheesy Bites Pizza. We surrounded your favorite pizza with 28 cheese-filled miracles of taste. It's important to hear that tone of the guitar that it takes in the background mm-hmm. later on. I know that's really hard to hear. But because, I mean, think about the, the Black Keys and the White Stripes. They are based so much on just like kind of classic blues rock, right? Yeah. And so it's harder to make an argument of infringement. But when you hear that that sound, that particular tone, which I don't know if that was, I honestly don't even know if that was a guitar or a keyboard uh, that we were hearing there. Uh, take a listen to the Black Keys. This song is called Gold on the Ceiling. Now, this part here is something that I learned. It was the very first thing I learned in the guitar class. <laughs> kind of a classic riff. Yeah, but then this part. I don't know. That must be some sort of a keyboard sound, right? Whatever that is. Sure. Anyway, so clearly a, a violation there. I'm sorry you couldn't hear the Pizza Hut one. They also um, sued Home Depot over a, another one of their songs off of this album El Camino that came out, I think, I want to say like 2014. It was huge. For this little Akron band, they just suddenly had this um, this album out where it seemed like you couldn't escape it. Yeah. And, and, and escape they got big real fast. Like We yeah. saw them uh, in concert. Uh, years ago. Oh, that's right. In Boston. In Boston. That's how long ago that that's was. That's right. In, yeah. a, in that smallish theater off of uh, the common there. Mm-hmm. Man, I forgot about that. Um, that's why it's fun to do the show with you. I wonder if we have any listeners. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> all right. So this is my last one. I'm sorry. This was your idea. And no, then I I'm started like digging in. I'm so glad you ran with it because I was sort of like just noodling around with it. Uh-huh. And it just was like an idea that I got based on that article that I read. And then I couldn't find a bunch of it. And I was, I think it struck, stuck me, stuck with me because there is a commercial that's out right now that has like a piano line that it's not it's not a rip off like i should say it's not something that's so recognizable that it's obviously something else but it it reminds me of some song and it's like stuck in the back of my head mm-hmm. and i can't place what song mm-hmm. it is that i'm hearing almost like a ghost image yeah and so i just it's just sort of been in my head that there's like that this is kind of a thing that happens well let me uh, start by playing uh, this for you this is a song by beach house a good example of a you know, successful but smallish independent band based with when you compare yeah. them to, you know, they're like a dream pop band. There's certainly no Lady Gaga or U2. Um, and I'm going to play this song for you. It's called Take Care.
this is such a beautiful song. I want to get to about the the ninety uh, second mark in this, so you can hear the next phase of it. It's from the um, uh, two thousand ten album uh, Teen Dream, and again, the name of the song is Take Care. It's so beautiful. It's on Sub Pop. So get a little taste of the uh, of the hook there. Just, I mean, arresting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I love it so much. Okay, uh, this is taken from the Wall Street Journal, uh, <laughs> which I use one of my works uh, online gonna, logins. I was going to say, read. how did you read the Wall Street Journal? Because I know I can't look at anything on the this Wall Street Journal. This is terrible. Journal. God, I hope nobody ever listens to this. Um, this show is this is meta commentary. Oh my god! Uh, so uh, Volkswagen approached Beach House more than five times, asking to use their song. Damn! They asked them once. The band said no. Uh, on May third, I'm reading directly from the Wall Street Journal here, here. On May third, in an email to Mr. Foster of uh, of Beach House, uh, one of the producers of the commercial said that the commercial would debut during the popular TV show Britain's Got Talent. A slot representing, quote, an amazing PR opportunity for the band to convince Beach House to reconsider, quote, I'd be I'd be happy to jump on a call, fly someone to the U.S., offer more money and listen to anything you have to say, the producer wrote. Still, the band was not interested. So what would Volkswagen do? Obviously, just go in a completely different direction. Wrong. They instead released this very beautiful 90-second ad, I believe in England, uh, called Stay in Safe Hands. What was the name of this song? The original song was Take Care. <laughs> it's like even the theme is on the nose. This is one of those daddy-daughter ads we talked yeah, about. Yeah, uh, she's growing from, up. From the actual description. Shows the evolving relationship of a protective father and his daughter. So I'll watch over you. I'll take care of you. Isn't, isn't that the original lyrics? God, how shameless. What Did they just think that Beach House would be powerless to act if they did this? I guess so. I can't. I'm going to go back to my notes. This here. makes I, me hate Volkswagen I know. more than the than the gas scandal. <laughs> I'm serious. In a statement, VW said that when it was developing the ad's concept, it had settled on using music from the dream pop genre after considering quote dozens of existing songs and reaching out to quote several bands, including Beach House. The company commissioned its own track, right. according to the statement. So it sounds like they sued if they have all this stuff. That's all those like emails and. Stuff. That's what it sounds like. Yes, although I didn't read about any uh, any settlement, so I'm not entirely sure. You should settle with them, Volkswagen. You're being dicks. <laughs> That's from 2012. Um, then uh, I had I don't have it in my notes anymore. The um, when you look up one of these versions of the commercial in the comments, you just have all these pissed off Beach House fans. And somebody listed the name of the you can actually just like listen to this song. It's like it's got some it's called Take Care. or mm -hmm. No, no, it's called Safe Hands, I think. But it's like by some music house that sounds yeah, it's by Lake like Cabin. a band. <laughs> by Lake Cabin. Duh, they're one of my favorite bands. <laughs> Commercials in the news. All right. As we heard, it's time for commercials in the news. And you have some headline involving a bunch of people nobody's ever heard of. Yes. So Amanda Bynes, she was a like a Disney teen, you know, child actress, became a huge, I'm sorry, not Disney, um, Nickelodeon. But she was a massive hit on Nickelodeon. She went from being like in an ensemble cast um, in like a skit show 
uh, we're a little too old for her to have been like a big presence in our childhood, but like maybe people 10 years younger than us will definitely know who she was. But she vastly exceeded, you know, expectations. She was in some commercials herself. She was in like a Nestle commercial and um, a Barbie commercial, but she quickly moved on to um, doing... Drugs and alcohol. Well, that's later. But first she was in um, this Nickelodeon show. Then she had her own show called, I think, um, like the Amanda show. It was like, they based it on the Carol Burnett show. That's how much talent this girl had. They Like it was specifically based it was, on that? It was, was like, like a, on, a it was like the same premise. Not, Interesting. Or not premise, but it was the same like structure it was mm. inspired by. Um, she did a movie called What a Girl Wants. Um, she was in a TV show with Jenny uh, Garth called... Um, Jenny Garth from 90210. No, from yeah, yeah 90210. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of that show, but you know, it was she was she was a she was a big star. She was in a bunch of movies. She's the Man, which was kind of like a, a modernized retelling of Twelfth Night. Okay. Um. So, do you remember Paper Magazine? They famously did the Kim kardashian break the internet oh i wouldn't have associated them with that but yeah. i do know of paper magazine yeah so they're doing they did this kind of cover story of amanda Bynes that that uh was released today that was kind of not as shocking photography wise as that but it clearly like they it got a ton of press it was mm. kind of everywhere um amanda Bynes dropped out of the public eye about 10 years ago because um i think she was just one of those child stars who like grew up too fast you know when she started um, kind of smoking pot all the time and then, you know, using pills. And I mean, this is all in the thing. I like mm-hmm. this is her talking about this. And she also like had some famous like Twitter meltdowns and beefs, including uh, telling Drake on Twitter that she wanted or saying on Twitter that she wanted Drake to murder her vagina. Does that, that ring any bells? About, yeah. Now we're in my <laughs> now we're in my part of Twitter. Yes. Yeah. She said she had a funny quote about that today. She said, um, at the time, I was serious, but I was also on drugs. <laughs> um, so anyway, she was this massive, she was like poised to be, you know, she was sort of like Lindsay Lohan level of famous and also flamed out. Oh, wow. Um, but now she's kind of got her shit together. She's sober. She's in, um, she's getting a college degree at a fashion institute. She seems like she has her her life really back in order. Does she have a new project coming out? Is that because I saw I was actually on like stories of note on Twitter yesterday and all of this. Mm-hmm. I, I saw parts of this and I was was it because she has a new thing coming out or just because this article has dredged it up? And I read this whole to... I read this whole paper article. I did not see because I kept waiting for the like and here's her new thing. Right. Should I be in? God friended me. Right. <laughs> God Snapchatted me. My podcast is on life support. <laughs> I need new listeners. Um, I don't. I didn't say anything in the paper article about a new project, but it had this the smell of something mm-hmm. that's like this is step one in her get back into acting project. Sure, you know, yeah, like process, yeah. right? So, like step one, make amends for all of the like crazy behavior. Prove that you're sober. Prove that you're you know stable and you can you can work. Uh, you know, prove that nobody's murdered your vagina. Prove that, prove that you know you you still look great in couture, and you're still you know you still Mm. got. She's only thirty two years old. Anyway, all that is to say, that's why Amanda Bynes is in the news. But this was an interesting tidbit uh, from the article. So in her teen rom com, she's the man, which I mentioned. uh, It's one where she's in drag. It's based on Twelfth Night. she co-starred opposite Channing Tatum, and according to Bynes, uh, excuse me, this is since since this is uh, credit your sources night mm-hmm. here at ATM. Uh, this is also from, from the a- Wall Street Journal, also from AV Club. Let's <laughs> um, uh, see. According to um, according to Bynes, we wouldn't even know who the hell Channing Tatum is if it weren't for her. Quote: <laughs> I totally fought for Channing to get cast in that movie because he wasn't famous yet. He just done a Mountain Dew commercial, and I was like, this guy's a star. Every girl will love him. But the producers were like, he's so much older than you. And I was like, it doesn't matter. Trust me. <laughs> Truer words. Well, yeah, what, wait, hold on. What producer was out there saying, I don't know if this relationship is age appropriate what, for this, the woman. This, this hot, hard body guy's way too old yeah, for you. Boy, if any of our listeners are in the uh, entertainment business, please hook yourself up with that producer. Yes. That producer he sounds, looking, like her, yeah. sounds like a real mensch. Or maybe she. Or is looking, she. looking out for yeah. you. Um, so anyway, so I so of course because the internet is the internet, 
everyone was like posting this this oh, okay. uh, Mountain Dew commercial, which I remember really? from the day. Yeah. What is the day? Nineties. Oh, I guess it had to have been the. I mean, it was probably. I mean, yeah. Okay. Probably maybe less than ten years ago because she only kind of. I think she's the man came out in. When did She's the Man come out? Oh, yeah. We could look that up. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm getting so old that I think that, like, I mean, honestly, early 2000s is forever ago, right? Uh, yeah. It feels like it. Um, so, I don't know when that came out. But um, this Mountain Dew commercial. It came out in 2006. Okay. So, a little over 10 years. Okay. Uh, so, let's assume that he did this commercial, you know, in 2000, early 2000s. Um, in this Mountain Dew commercial, and there aren't a lot of great uh, copies of this online, um, but he's, he and a friend are sitting in a, like a Trans Am, some kind of hot, some kind of like hot rod. Uh-huh. And. It's like a firebird. Or yeah, I don't know. I don't know cars. Um, and you'll hear Channing Tatum say, oh no, I forgot my Mountain Dew. Okay. And he kind of like pulls, the car screeches to a halt and like, what's it, what do you call it when it like turns? When you break like, and make it, do it turn, donuts or not a, really a donut that would go all but the way like, around. But you like you turn it sure. without actually yeah. turning it around. Like you just hit the you pull the brake and like yeah. the car spins. Yeah. All right. I gotta I gotta say the the description of this and this was just put on uh, on YouTube back in 2007. It had nothing to do with this article. It wasn't like it popped up today. Here it, it was posted by somebody who goes by the handle Nick, and Nick says, uh, "Here's what happens in the commercial: guy leaves his Mountain Dew at a store and has to go back for it." Music by Huba Stank. <laughs> Huba Stank will never not be a hilarious punchline. What's up? Forgot my do. And oh, now you man. see that the Mountain Dew is like way, like, you know, a hundred yards away, sitting outside a convenience store. Guy walks out of a convenience store. He, oh, another guy, just some other guy just picks it up. Yeah, picks it up, and he's going to drink it because it's a free Mountain Dew. Oh, my God. And as he's about to drink it, the car, like, drives over a ramp, flips over. While it's being flipped over, Channing Tatum pulls the Mountain Dew out of his hand and drinks it as the car continues to rotate and then lands and drives away. I don't know cars. You don't remember that one? I don't, and I don't know cars either, but I'm pretty sure that's the fa- As the car flips, you see... On the hood of the car, I believe a giant firebird symbol. I'm okay. pretty sure that, that that's it. Um, but no, I did not. So he is smoldering, though, in that. He is. Way. I mean, he's very, you know, you know how Channing Tatum looks. Um, mm-hmm. If, like me, you saw Magic Mike. Uh, you know, he's very, like, sort of, he's got a, kind of a skin skinhead haircut and he's got that like big he tries to avoid describing it that way well i don't know what else to describe it as <laughs> he's got close, a shaved head he's got a shaved head and he's got that kind of like big square face yeah although doesn't he kind of grow up you're gonna i'm so wrong about this i don't even know what i'm saying it. he's really filled out isn't he more angular in this commercial like he's almost kind of a doesn't he kind of i know he's in immaculate shape and he doesn't have a lot of round edges but almost like the rock doesn't he have kind of a a rounder image these days or no? Um, I'll cut this all out. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm not even time. exactly like, why sure did I how, even say how that? to answer that. I can just look it up what he looks like online. <laughs> anyway, we all mostly know what Channing Tatum <laughs> looks like. <laughs> I just thought that. I, it struck I mean, are me. Are you thinking what, of him in, in, uh, in that movie about the wrestling? I don't know what I was thinking Fox, of. I'm looking at Fox photos Fire or whatever here. that was called. Oh, maybe. You know what? Maybe that is, is it. I was looking that's at a this. Little, that's a little bit against type for him. Yeah. And, and that's probably one of the only movies I've yes. seen him actually <laughs> in, like all told. I know that. But I'm sure that I've had 21 Jump Street or something on TV. And I've presence. seen bits and pieces of that. Yeah. And it seems actually pretty funny. Is it 21 Jump Street or 21 Jump Street 2? Or maybe both of them. It's were, 22 Jump Street. Or 22 Jump Street. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. Um, is that uh, is is the plot of both of them, or the underlying joke of both of them, that like the cool kids are actually really woke and interesting? That's and, like, the under- why are you beating? That's up? a made. That's a big joke in the first one. The okay. the main joke of both of them is that these obviously adult men are pretending to go to high school and then college. And the second one is a dumb sequel, but the girl Jillian from Workaholics, oh, God, who we I love, love her so much, um, she's in that. Only to say to Jonah Hill at every opportunity, 
you're obviously an adult. What are you doing here? <laughs> and it's like, that's her only role, but it's so good. The actress's name is Jillian Bell. I Jillian just looked Bell. it up. Uh, Why don't we see more of her? She's so fantastic. She was so Idiot Sitter for I a know. long time, which I believe ended up becoming, I think that was on TV for one, maybe two seasons. Then I think season three uh. became a web only thing. And I, for even though I pay $400 a month for cable, was somehow locked out of Comedy Central's that's, app. That's which, why I'm at the point where like we pay so much, for, we have so many media subscriptions. Someone said to me, the other day like oh you should get blah 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 it's only like you know six bucks a month and i was like no more no more everybody's talking at me i don't hear words saying only the echoes of my mind what a fun show um but it's not over yet I was just I honestly just took a moment to say what I was thinking, which is I'm having a blast tonight. This so. was a fun show. Thanks for uh thanks for helping me produce sure, it. Sure, yeah, no, it was a good team effort today. So what is uh what's in the old mailbag? Well, this is an email from listener Thomas, uh, and he noticed the same thing that I noticed about a recent Macy's commercial. Um, you know, we did a show fairly recently called That's the Saddest Thing I Ever Heard. Oh yeah. Where we talked about, you know, commercials that seem to have a message that really puts something kind of like what's a real bummer out into the world? And I had this same reaction, which for a Macy's commercial, it's a Christmas Macy's commercial about daughters and moms and dads and like loving Christmas presents. So far that sounds nice. And it is a, it's a bummer. Really? So why don't you play it? And then let's, so you're, so I'll narrate it. Um, Okay. There's a, a little girl and her parents, they're walking through a mall around Christmas times, Christmas shopping season. Uh-huh. The mom stops to admire a diamond pendant in the uh, Macy's, okay. you know, gl- uh, jewelry case. Uh, and then they all, you know, just a moment where she looks at it kind of wistfully or kind of you know, like admiringly. The ma- the daughter and the daddy both take note, um, but then they all move on. Okay. Isn't it beautiful? Ready, ladies? Now she gets home and she shakes out her piggy bank. The little girl doesn't does. have enough to buy a diamond pendant, so she gets up some macaroni and some string. Oh, that's nice. And she makes a necklace for mommy, and it's really cute. And then dad helps her wrap it, and they put it under the tree. Then she gives it to her now mom. It's Christmas, on Christmas morning. Uh oh, it's been replaced by the diamond pendant. Uh, what the, the shit? The dad went back and got the diamond. So pendant. the mom opens up the 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 package has clearly kind of poorly wrapped by a little girl. Sorry, little girl. I mean, you're yeah, the best. but you suck. That's the whole point. It was as sucky as your necklace. So she made this necklace That's by so, hand. And, and they hold up. They, they even sort of take the time to they, they don't linger on it, but they show you the necklace enough to be like, that's really cute. I think the way to save this... Well, let me well, just, just say... Well, to be very clear, then at the very, very yeah. end, I mean, clearly what happened is sometime in the middle of the night, Santa, a.k.a. Asshole Dad, reopened up the package right. that his daughter made, put the expensive diamond necklace in there, wrapped it back up so it looked like the little girl did it. And then at the very end, the we see a shot of the little girl hugging her mom, and we only see the back of the mom's head, and we see the little girl's face. And I'll tell you what, the little girl does not seem super psyched about this, does she? Or Would, am I looking into... Let's, too let's, much. let's take it again. She looks she looks like sort of like surprised. She looks surprised when she first pulls it out, but then during the hug, she I don't know, the look on her face is a little bit like she's taking it all in. It's a little but ambiguous. It's a little ambiguous. But anyway, that yeah, because it really teaches the wrong lesson about what gifts mean for kids. Well, that's on... what Thomas had to say. He oh, said, sorry. thanks, Macy's, for reminding us what Christmas is all about. Rampant consumerism. It's the thought that counts. Only if that thought is diamonds, kid. Wow, that is a real that's, bummer. That's the reaction that I had, too, Thomas. I think this would have been such an easy commercial to salvage, by the way. If the mom had opened the package and the macaroni mm-hmm. necklace had been on top, and then as she lifts it out, like she sees like a little sparkle underneath it and beneath it is the diamond. Then we understand that like the dad got her something mm-hmm. nice. Cause I mean, like, look, I'll be honest. Like, are you going to really wear the macaroni necklace to the opera? I mean, probably not, but let us see that she got, I mean, we, I think we can assume that she got them both. Like the little girl's yeah. work went into it, but like, 
somehow have them be in tandem. It just seems like such yes. a miss. Maybe even in separate packages. Maybe she opens the... I'm trying to think in a certain way it would be nice if she opens the diamond one first and likes it and then opens the, the one from her daughter and, likes, next it and likes, likes it even more. But then you're kind of selling macaroni necklaces and not diamond necklaces right. at that point. Now, so. I mean, Berea might want to get in on that action. <laughs> What's Berea? Or Barilla, the pasta company. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that this was like a botched execution of like a reasonably good idea. Hey, where's where's the where's the necklace that the little girl stayed up all night? Right? Working? Did he what? just toss Did he it? Throw it away? Yeah. Did he boil it and eat it? Yeah, and the, that would have been great if like the little girl looks down in horror at her macaroni and cheese. <laughs> My Godfather. Yes. <laughs> You can say anything. <laughs> I said it once, I'll say it again. What a fun show. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope I wasn't... I know I was talking too fast in the first half of the show. I'm sorry. I was very excited. Listen to it. Go back and listen to it in half speed. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, meanwhile... Then I'll sound very slow. <laughs> meanwhile, check us out on Facebook. We have a very vibrant Facebook group going on. Vives is in charge of that. Uh, just look for After These Messages Show on Facebook, right? That's right. And you can email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail or call us at 607 444 Again, that's 607 444 5597. We'd love to hear your voice. Give us a call. You can react to anything you've heard on the show, anything you're seeing on TV, as long as it's commercial related, or sing us a jingle. Sing us a jingle that you remember from your childhood or that uh, is stuck in your head these days. We'd love to hear from you. 607 444 5597. Thieves? Sounds I think good. we're out of here. I think we're out. All right. Talk to you guys next Tuesday. Once again, back again with the caravan of from Pakistan. Karachi Posse's out.